Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Visit us soon at our new State College location. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. Penn State fans, how are you? I'm Bob Flounders, Dave Jones, joining me on a lovely Tuesday in mid-May. It's the Blue White Breakdown podcast. We have a lot to get to in this segment, but Dave and I were talking off the air. Uh, I, we want to see uh, what you guys feel a little bit about this. We'll probably put it on uh, our uh, subtext to our tech subscribers. How would you guys feel about uh, Dave and I coming up with some special guests for the podcast? We're going to do it so no matter what they say. So, yeah. Howard Eskin will be our first guest. He will go at it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, it, I think you guys would enjoy it. Dave's got a, a Rolodex, a Rolodex of uh, really interesting <laughs> people in this field. And uh, starting with a guy like Ray Bittinger, um, he just knows a lot of people. And we're thinking about spicing it up the next couple of months until we get to August. So something to look forward to. We'll see if we can come up with somebody for next week. Isn't that is that's the plan, right? Yeah, just the way I look at it. There's only so long we can speculate on the record game by game of Penn State's 2022 season. I mean. Although someone came out with a nine and three prediction. Did you see that? I did not see that. Who was that great soul? I will not name names, but it's somebody you know well. Did you speaking of Askin, he's getting into weather people now, right? See, he's now he's he's clearly trying to agitate you. No, he's just he doesn't even know me. Listen to this, because it, I don't know if you know about the weather forecast yesterday there. What what were they saying? Nothing. I mean, what was the weather like here yesterday? Like on Monday? I mean, there, there was a forecast that mentioned possible tornadoes here. And it made a lot of waves because in Philadelphia Metro, it's not every day you see a weather forecast for possible isolated tornadoes. That doesn't happen. And it whiffed. You know, it, that's the way it was. There were there were some actually Ann and I went for a hike out at Cheslin Preserve and we got caught out in it. But it was no big deal. It was a thunder shower and it rained hard a few places. But so Eskin yesterday at about six o'clock says, how clueless are the weather people with that forecast today? I'm standing in bright sunshine, still waiting for heavy rain and lightning, possible tornadoes. Did they get their meteorology degree at Target? <laughs> how much of that real quick before we get to some other stuff Dave how much so, do you think of that as shtick and how much is he just like that I, I think it, I think I admire his shtick but I had to jump in his ass for this I mean of course you because, because I know meteorologists at Penn State and a lot of the, the weather forecasts around here come from Penn State I know John East John East by the way liked my reply which was about like when you proclaimed neither of the Manning brothers would ever win a Super Bowl I had to throw that. But, you know, he lives off of this stuff. This is what he does. So, yeah, I think you're on the mark. We got to get him on the podcast, just you and him. I'll, I'll just I'll see myself out and let you guys just. All, in all he's going to do is say, now, now, where is this going again? Where are you guys from? <laughs> That's all he's going to do. Yeah, yeah. Dave, you're going to enjoy this first Penn State note because you've, you've teased me about it over the years. But Jack Crawford 
a former Penn State defensive end, played with the Lions, I want to say 2009, 2010. I think he played 2011. Announced his retirement from uh, pro football, a 10-year career, a journeyman. I know he played with the Cowboys, with the Falcons. One of my favorites, Beganius, he, he was an, an English kid. Let me, let me ask right there. Did you, how did you feel? How did you feel when you heard the news, Bob? It wasn't somber. It was, I was, I was, uh, I was actually just amazed that he, he was a kid that, you know, really got to the States from, he went, I think Larry Johnson found him in New Jersey, St. Augustine prep, but he was a kid from England who came over with no football background and he was a basketball player and he made, he did, he did okay at Penn State. And then you fell in love with him after that. It became a running joke with everyone around Bob that he, he kind of had a man crush like uh, Costanza had on uh, the guy that said, step <laughs> off, George. Uh, kind of. <laughs> Who was that guy? What happened to that guy? This is 25 years ago. The guy's like, like he was on an MTV jock like Dan somebody. No one could even remember that guy's name. Anyway. Dan Cortez. Dan Cortez. How did you come up with that? <laughs> I think George is wearing his hat on backwards like Dan Cortez. I felt. <laughs> All right. That was great stuff. We're going to say goodbye. Say goodbye to Jack Crawford. Great career. And we'll move on to a current Nittany Lion, the Cornell FCS star, offensive lineman. Hunter Norzat is now officially up at Penn State enrolled. We're hoping he can add a little juice, a little tenacity to that Penn State offensive line. Can he play five different positions? (laughs) (laughs) I swear, we have a picture of him in the system. He looks the part of an offensive lineman. It, it remains to be seen how much he can help Penn State, but they need some help. People don't know that offensive linemen are so often the most interesting people that we talk to on the team. Super intelligent, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know quite why that is. I suppose because they really have to be a unit, unlike other units. I guess I guess a secondary has to be a unit kind of like that. Would you compare them? But but the, the offensive line has to be a cohesive group. They have to work together, and they have to do a lot on the fly, especially the center. How many great centers have we talked to over the years at Penn State? I mean, guys who are really interesting interesting people. A.Q. Shipley is the one that always comes to mind for me because he was an undersized kid, former defensive lineman, became an all-Big Ten center for Penn State. Then he played a long time in the, in the NFL as well. Pittsburgh kid. But yeah, he was he's the guy that comes to mind when you talk about centers that I've covered. Bucky Greeley before your time, I know, but I mean, the, the, you can name offensive linemen back through the years that where you you could just sit down and talk to them about anything because they already sound like they're 35 when they're 22, especially when they've been around for a while. So uh uh hopefully he'll be one of those. Hey, he went to went to an Ivy League school, uh why wouldn't he be? Graduated with a degree in engineering. Kid grew up in Georgia, played at the Walker School, I believe, in Georgia, was a two-time All-State player. Obviously, the first question people would have is, well, why didn't he, why didn't he play, you know, in the SEC or something? But I mean, hey, look, man, the Ivy League, you get a, you get a chance to get a free education at the Ivy League. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. He's set up for life. Yeah. There's not really any asking any questions by people like us to uh, <laughs> people like him. What else? What else we got? I mean, we're um, I did. I just did get this book. I mean, it's been out for a little while, but Ray is going to have a. Uh, I didn't sure. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's going to have an opening, a, like a press uh, opportunity on Friday at the Hershey uh, Theater. 
for his play. He did a play uh, on it's called Tommy and Me. Oh, about the wideout, Tommy. Yeah, uh, do, now, do you remember Tommy McDonald? Yeah, Beautiful. yeah. Didn't like? Did Ray present him at the Hall of Fame? Yes. I mean, how weird is that? That's how. That's how profound their relationship got. Uh, that yeah, but when when Ray was uh, nine, he used to go to the Eagles training camp as like a little vacation, and it was in Hershey. There's pictures of various Eagles from a long time ago. There's a picture of John Madden in training camp at Hershey Stadium that popped up when, when Madden died because he was trying out. Where did he go to school? I can't remember. Where did Madden go to school? Do you remember I, that one? I want to say I want to say it was someplace in the Midwest or in the West. West Idaho or something. Yeah, that I'm, I'm thinking of Jerry Kramer, some some weird place like that. It's some California school or something. It used to be a, 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 some old heads around uh, Harrisburg and Hershey probably remember going to Eagles training camp back then. Anyway. Ray went on the field, and you could do that. You could go get the autographs of, of players, and Tommy let him carry his helmet back to the car, <laughs> which for a little kid is a big deal. Plus, what was true about Tommy McDonald's helmet, and he was the last guy in the NFL for this to be true? Without a face mask, right? No, no face, face mask. mask. Are you you were old enough to remember that, right? When Tommy McDonald did not I just remember the business. NFL films uh, stuff about Tommy McDonald because there was a lot done. He was a really an incredible player, real undersized. I think he was a member of the '60 Eagles championship team, but just fearless. He went to Oklahoma. He was a boomer sooner. What was he? Five eight, 160 pounds, but he played a long time. Made out of rubber, you could hit him. He'd go over the middle. It didn't matter, and he'd bounce up and do cartwheels. And if he scored a touchdown on a pass and you were the quarterback, look out, you better hide because he's going to run up to the sideline and like give you a flying, a flying bear hug. Plus he didn't have a face mask. And I mean, up until his retirement, last team I remember him playing with was Roman Gabriel and the Rams in the late sixties. And he still didn't have a face mask, which is, you know, that's, that's crazy. That was, he was the last guy I believe in the NFL not to wear one. And can you imagine I mean, then we caught each other. Bob and I caught each other a few days ago. I sent him a <laughs> bet this week in the NFL from 1970. When Brookie did it with Summerall, the best. <laughs> Brookshire and Summerall. And the reason I wanted him to look at it is the mud in Cleveland Municipal Stadium, which was insane. I mean, they would never, ever play a game. Did that field ever dry out after, like, October? It was just mud. They never fixed it. October 1st, it became mud and no one ever even did anything about it. They didn't even plant the grass on the skin part of the infield from Indians baseball. They didn't even bother. They just let it go. And, I mean, you couldn't see anybody's numbers. Did you finally watch it or no? You didn't watch it. I've seen it. I've seen it before. I've seen it before. I know exactly what you're talking about. Anyway, uh, Bob, Bob admitted the night before he had been watching the Lions-Cowboys 1970 first-round playoff game that finished by the score of five to nothing. <laughs> and it was a struggle to get to five nothing. It was a struggle. With, to his, get to five with his favorite quarterback, his favorite Cowboys quarterback, which is who? The one and only, the one and only Craig Morton, who uh, I think it was four for 18 in that game. And there were guys wide open and he was just airmailing them. And I mean, Dallas was the better team, but Detroit was a nasty team too. And those two defensive lines and linebackers just kind of, 
control of the game. But yeah, Craig Morton, you know what? You mentioned Roman Gabriel. Who was more immobile, Roman Gabriel or Craig Morton? I'll go with Bill Munson. <laughs> Bill Munson came in on the final series of that game. He relieved was Greg the other Landry. Rams quarterback. Yeah. 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 What about Greg Landry? What about him? Yeah, he was he, he was pulled from the game at the two minute warning, and and Munson almost let him down the field. Uh, he got to like the twenty five, and then Mel Renfro picked him off. But I think we're getting off track. But what is the track? There is no track. It's May. We have a couple of Penn State items still to get to uh, in relation to the Big Ten. There's some early lines courtesy of this online website called PointsBet on over-under wins in the Big Ten. So I just I, I made a note of three of them, and I'll let you try and guess them. What I don't know, Dave, is if the if the postseason counts or the regular season. I think I think it's the for the whole season. It has to be. So I, I wrote them down for Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. So what do you think the over-unders are uh, for wins early for these three teams? These are non-bowl wins, correct? I so I think I think it almost ha- I almost has to be I think counting uh, the bowls. It has to be. Before we go, I mean, explain to people who don't know about betting these early betting sites like Points Bet. Explain what they are and why they're different than all the books. Because I don't think any books will come out with any lines for weeks or months, right? I don't even know. I mean, if you look up Points Bet, I don't even know. I, I'm guessing there's it's it must be offshore somewhere that you want to if you want to if you want to. <laughs> so a reputable organization then, yeah. I think it's good fodder in May, at least to discuss it. What what the point? We could always say like, what would you set it at? But why don't you guess? Ohio State's uh, over. Ohio State, I will say the over-under is 10 and a half. You nailed it. You nailed it. I think they open at Notre Dame. Uh, they still got to play Michigan. 12-game schedule. They're saying if you, if you like the over, you, you see them at 11, 11 and 1 in the regular season, if that's what the rule is. Or do you, do you pick over-under on that? Oh, I would take the over as well. I, I, think, I, think, that that, I think their offense is going to be so dangerous. Plus, I think the defense will just be – uh, improved under that former Oklahoma State guy enough for them to, to you know, out, they're going to be able to, all they got to do is hold the other team to like 28 and they're going to win every game. Yeah, I see a lot of teams in the East. The problem is the East, I just don't see a lot of formidable strength in the East, and that's the bulk of Ohio State's schedule. I don't think Ohio State's going to be wonderful in anything, but I'd, I'd probably have to, I think that's a pretty tough pick. I think that's, that's exactly where I'd put them, 10 and a half. Michigan, I'll say nine. Very close. Nine and a half. And I would go under nine and a half if that was an actual number. Yeah. Uh, They they host Penn State. They got to play at Ohio State, and they're going to lose that game. Uh, And I'm not sure who they play in the non-conference schedule, and I don't know. Um, I think they get get Michigan State at home because Michigan State beat them last year at Spartan Stadium in that five TD game. Are we doing Penn State now? Now the drum roll. What what do you think points bet has Penn State at, and what would and it, and then I'll ask you you know if you think it's it's the right number. I think it's going to be either seven and a half or eight. I will say they will say eight because there are going to be more Penn State betters betting over than under as always, and I'll, I, I would make it like seven, <laughs> but I think they're they're making it eight. It's eight and a half. Oh, even see they're 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 baking that Penn State optimism from betters into the line, aren't they? Don't you think? Yeah. At Purdue, 
at Michigan, at Auburn, Ohio State invades. It's a tough. It's tough for me to 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 buy Penn State nine and three in the regular season. Very tough. Very tough. But it could happen. Wouldn't you climb all over that under on that eight and a half? I would. Yeah. Yeah. There's one reason <laughs> why. <laughs> I just they can't score. They can't score enough. I think in in, in uh, I, I just think they're going to struggle away from Beaver Stadium. But why Why can't they score? <laughs> I just don't have a, I don't have a lot of uh, I don't have a lot of optimism about the passing game without Jahan Dotson. How, how's that for an answer, Dave? <laughs> how, about, how about what are they doing with the offensive line? That's also a good. It's fair. I know what they're doing, and I I know the people from Points Better probably saying whatever we really think we we should raise our our line a, a point and a half. So you you think it's closer to seven, seven and a half, somewhere in there? I think it could be six, you know, very easily. Minnesota comes to Beaver Stadium. That won't be an easy game. Well, so, yeah. what happened? The the problem is what happens after Michigan, Ohio State, bam, bam. Where are they? Where are they? Have they won one of those games? You know, they're at Michigan. They're, they got Ohio State at home. You could very easily see them losing both of those, and then. The rest of it becomes a boulder rolling downhill, doesn't it? That's the that's the problem. That's what happened last year, especially these days, with with guys kind of opting out and not wanting to get hurt, and all your best players are just not gonna. You know, if you if you don't have a reason to play these days, it's even worse than it used to be in the old days, which wasn't great. Now you got guys who don't even want to play in the bowl game. I mean, that's that's what I would worry about. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new state college dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. One more for you, Dave. So odds to win the Big Ten, also points bet. There are, I I wrote down the odds to win the Big Ten championship uh, for five teams. Uh, I'll just throw the teams out and you can guess, all right? All right, so Ohio State, odds to win the Big Ten. Win the whole league. Yes, the big, win the Big Ten championship. Win in Indy also. Uh, Correct. And three to two. Yeah, it's actually even – they're even a bigger favorite, but that's that's kind of where I was – I would have guessed. So they're minus 250. So that means you got to bet $250 to win 100 back. <laughs> well, that's, that's, like, that's like two to five. Yeah, it's essentially that's- what that is. That's cons- considerably better than three to two. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. I, I, they, I'm saying they are a steep, steep, steep favorite. Wow. Uh, I think I'd have to take the field, wouldn't you? Well, there's some pretty juicy. If they're two to five, all the other, all the other teams, it's a, pretty juicy, it's a pretty juicy list. I only wrote down five teams. So Michigan is second on the list. See, I can't even imagine what the rest of these are. They've got to be so steep. They've all got to be no better than five to one, right? Uh, correct. That is correct. Michigan ten to one. Very close. Nine to one. Michigan plus nine hundred. Nine to one. 
They're second. They're they're the second favorite at nine to one. Wow. The third favorite is the Wisconsin Badgers. I was going to guess them. You can. All right. If you want to guess the next two, that's fine. But what do you think the odds are? Well, it's too late. Uh, you know, uh, 12 to 1. 14 to 1 on the Badgers. Who is fourth, Dave? Um, uh, Iowa. I mean, I, I, I would never have gotten this. I swear I wrote this down correctly. Nebraska. Nebraska. What? See, this is definitely skewed toward betters, which is what you're, you have to do. But that's evidence right there. That's evidence there to me that the Penn State line is really skewed. <laughs> They're looking for action. That's interesting. What are they, like 20 to 1? They're 16 to 1. That's crazy. It is crazy. It is absolutely. <laughs> okay. How do I bet against that? Can I bet against? <laughs> can I? Can I bet? A, can I bet sixteen dollars? That are. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. What's the reverse of trying to bet them to not win the Big Ten? Um, wow. Yeah. And yeah. and the fifth place team, or the fifth best team. Well, I got to say Iowa. If, if if they've got Nebraska there, then it must be Penn State. Correct. I would not have. Yeah. I would not have left Penn State off this list. <laughs> I can't believe that they they have it that way because Iowa and Wisconsin always overperform, but betters are who they are. I mean, they're they're clearly catering to the large fan bases of, you know, the major programs. And Nebraska is one of those. That's all. That's all you need to know, because Minnesota will probably outperform both of them and Iowa will probably outperform both of them. How about Purdue? I think Purdue is like a ridiculous number too. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, the thing about the the teams in the West is they really don't have the competition, so they should be they should be better odds than they are, and they they only have to. Well, they got to beat Ohio State. <laughs> they got to beat Ohio State, but who knows? Well, there could be there could be something strange could happen where players are suspended, or who knows? It's worth a shot. James Franklin's team is seventeen to one to win the Big Ten. That's interesting. That's crazy. I've got to load up on that anti-Nebraska bet. How do I do that? I don't know. I don't, what's the reverse of sixteen to one to not win? Uh, you know what I mean? What is? They're not gonna. They're not gonna give you odds on that. I might throw sixteen thousand dollars on that to get a thousand. Get a hundred back. Yeah, we can. We can redo the patio. <laughs> Looks like found money. Come on. Of course, you wouldn't do it. I would not do it. I would not do it. I still, that stat from last year, the one possession losses, it's incredible. Like, I can't, you can't mess is, with that. Is that why they're doing it? Because of all the close losses? And they think the genius of Scott Frost eventually must kick in? Is that why they're doing it? Maybe they believe in Mark Whipple. Is he the OC now? I didn't even know. Okay. I believe he is the new, the new OC. Look what he did with Kenny Pickett, Dave. Huh? And I can see you seeing that and you're going... You're calling it going. You see that you see the Nebraska odds, and you go, yes, yes, nope, <laughs> nope, not gonna. I'm not gonna fall for it. I'm not gonna fall for it. Uh, I think I would. I would probably make. I would probably make Nebraska legitimately thirty-five to one to win the Big Ten. Well, if you think they can win the West, then I mean, there's only one more game. I, yeah, then they got to go. They just have to beat Ohio State. <laughs> then all they got to do is beat Ohio State. Yeah. You remember that Big Ten game? It was the year that that Bill O'Brien's uh, Penn State team beat Wisconsin at at Penn State on like Senior Day in 2012. It was like 24-21, 21-17, um, and that Wisconsin team 
uh, went to the Big Ten Championship and scored 70 points on Nebraska. They beat them 70 to 22, I think. And then they played TCU in the Rose Bowl and they lost a really, really close game. That was the end of the two. But that, that's that's the last I think that was the last time Nebraska got to the Big Ten title game. And they just got I think Wisconsin ran for like 600 yards. You can't exactly say that was the beginning of the end for Nebraska football because <laughs> we got to go way back before that. And to the Bill Callahan. I think era. That might have been the end of the Bo Pelini era. <laughs> that might have nailed it. That might have cinched it. You think you should be out there, my man? Huh? You think you should be on the sideline? You ever been on a sideline? Hmm? <laughs> uh, I think was was it uh it was Melvin Gordon, James White, and they had another. They had three running backs. I think go over 150 yards in that game. Yeah, I, I, they they kept producing guys. They all went to the NFL. Who was the other guy? Well, I think Monty Ball was gone the year before. I'm he not was. sure. That was, was the other guy I remember. But they have had more thousand yard rushers, I believe, in the last 30 years, probably ever than anyone in the Big Ten. They just keep producing that that's the thing about wisconsin they know who they are and they do not waver from the identity and there's strength in that there's strength in an identity where penn state we've talked about what is their identity they don't even know which hurts their offensive line well nebraska is another school they've lost their identity they're casting about for what are they Uh, when, when they went after mike riley that was as evident as it could be because he's nothing Nothing like a Nebraska coach. They were trying to think outside the box. That was Sean Eichhorst, right, that, that hired him. They are, they are a lost program. You are correct. They are. They're, they're, that's why I just don't understand how you could put those odds. All right, we, we better finish up with some, since you've been trolling me all week on the NBA, let's hear it now because I've got something to say about Luca. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What do you want to ask me? What, what do you want to know? I want to know how you see this. You're, you're, you're putting it to me, so I'm going to put it to you. I put it to you, Greg. I put it to you, Bob. Who's your, who's your, who's your champion? we got four teams left. Who is it? Celtics are going to win it all. I think the Celtics will win it all. And I, th- I, th- I, do think, I do think Gold State's going to be the Mavs, beat the Mavs in seven. It's going to be a, a back-and-forth series, and there are going to be some great individual efforts. But it's tough to pick against, I think, Golden State with uh, – with the emergence of that pool kid and Clay now healthy again and shooting as, you know, like he did four or five years ago. And they have some good, they have some other guys that understand their roles in Wiggins and Draymond Green. See, I think they're gonna they're gonna mix and match on Luca. I think they're gonna guard him big with Green. I think they're gonna guard him small. I think they're they're gonna run guys at him, they're gonna run double teams at him. They're gonna they're gonna say, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna make it difficult for you. But we're not going to sell out. You get your 40, and we're, we are going to guard everybody else. And I don't know who else is going to score on that team. Golden State can play fast. They can wear them out. People don't know, or they might know, that you're a big Mavs fan. Since 1980, their, their first year in the league. When, when Kiki Vandeweghe refused to report their first <laughs> Can you hear that? There's, yes. There's sirens. <laughs> Kaiser is upset. Dave Jones's German Shepherd is howling at a siren and downing. Oh, he is upset. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with that. I think it's Celtics over the Warriors. And then I'll tell you what uh, the Celtics. I, I've, I've enjoyed watching them play, and and they uh, that 
game six win at Milwaukee when Tatum went off for 46. I mean, I, I think a lot of people thought they they had no shot. And that's a team that they're tenacious and they, they, they could beat you with a lot of different guys. I think they're very well coached. And, and I just think they're the best team left in the tournament. And they're hungry. They really, really want it. And you, I, I never thought Jalen Brown would be this kind of player. I actually thought he was a dog coming out of Cal. Uh, he has not. He's probably as wrong as I've been about any college player coming into the NBA. I thought Jason Tatum was a good player. Did you think he would be this? I, I, when he's coming out, coming out of college, I thought, well, he does a lot of things well. That what does he do really well? And he's turned into a superstar. I mean, he is arguably. I see. I think he's a much more intriguing player than Luka Doncic, who. Everyone is on board with him simply because they they think he looks like Larry Bird. When you know when you go one on the world as much as he does with the body he has, he's young now. I think he's going to get old mighty quick. So he better if he's going to win one, they better get him some more help, and he better win it quick because he he absorbs so much contact, and it's fun for him now. But his body's. He's a big boy, man. He is a big boy, and he's sturdy now, but he's young. And I just – I think that's going to wear on him sooner or later. So I, I he, he's he's so ball-dominant. I don't like that either. I'm aware, I'm aware, Dave. I'm aware you do not like that. Well, I, well, I mean, what do you think, really? I mean, I, I, I don't like watching that kind of basketball. He's an amazing shooter. He is like Larry Bird level as far as a power forward shooting. He's, a, he's amazing. I mean, Dave, for as, as ball dominant as he is, he's still averaging 10 assists a game. Well, James Harden was. Uh, I, I, that, <laughs> you know, when you have the ball all the time, you can get assists. That's, that's the Clearly way that works. The ball up. He's giving yeah. the ball up at some point. Yeah, when you have the ball all the time, you have to be the one giving the ball up. That's the answer to that question. Yeah, James Harden had 10 assists, too. Yeah. As long as you don't compare him to Westbrook, we're good. <laughs> no, not that. Not that. That's a, now that's a ball dominant guy. <laughs> I think Doncic had the ball more than Westbrook. You know, he, he he did. He was the most ball dominant guy. What do they call it? Usage. That's that's usage. So many terms I can't I can't keep up with this new NBA, Dave. I can't keep up with it. But I am rooting for the Mavericks. But I do think the Warriors are going to get him in seven. All right. No more howling. I think the howling the howling is over. Uh, so I guess I guess that's the end. All right, we'll see you guys next week, hopefully with a special guest, if not next week, sometime soon. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.